Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. So far, this year has been a crazy one for me. After selling our house late last year, we have finally just moved into our new home with a garden that I haven't quite got the strength to start dealing with yet. That will happen when I get over the unpacking. So to keep me in the gardening loop until then, I've decided to quiz Keith about one, what's been going on in his garden so far this year, two, what sort of designs he's created for other people, and three, any other gardening highlights he might have had. And maybe our chat will give me some inspiration to get moving on with my new garden. Hello, Keith. G'day. How you going? Good. Thank you. Now... We've got a challenge here, haven't we? We have got a challenge. When we look out the window, here we have, and I know I've got you by my side. Well, we'll be right. We'll get get something up and going in this garden for sure. Oh, you're a name. So there's there's lots of things to do in this garden for sure. I know. Lots lots to talk about, that's for sure. Right. Okay, but we're not going to do that now. Uh, Let's talk about yours, basically, because yours is gorgeous. Tell me what's going on in the garden right now. What are you doing? Um, well, right at the very moment, I, I can't do a, a, um, the final um, planting around the, the front of the house because we're waiting on the painting guy to come in and paint the windows because okay. it's quite high at the front. Yep. So I've got a big section there that's got plants in pots that are just waiting for him to come do his job and then get out. But um, the highlights in, in, in my front garden so far have been the trialling of a whole heap of new plants. And this- when I say trialling... Well, they're not trialling yet. They're just there. They're they're just starting to move a little bit now, because most of them are perennials. Yes. And um, and I'm just waiting upon them to uh, do their do their thing a little bit later on the year. And then, as I said, I've got lots and lots of new, interesting plants that I've never used before. So this is going to be a bit of a buzz for me. And and uh, as I always say, if it doesn't work. I rip it out and I'll do it again next year. I know you're tough. So now this is your perennial garden. You call it the perennial yes, garden, do you? the perennial garden, And yeah. that, that you, you, you're sort of using that primarily for inspiration for your designs, is it really? A or- L- little, bit, little bit of that, but also um, I use the, the trial garden to see how plants perform in my area. Oh. This, this then will then set those plants up for me to use in my designs mm. uh, if they perform. And you say in our in your area? Do you mean so for de- designs in your area? Because you do a lot of designing, you know, in, in New South yeah, Wales and all yeah, over. Yeah, I the place. do. But I, I, look, I sort of figure that that if the plants are going to perform with the conditions that I've put, giving know, them, given them, and so forth, they will perform just about anywhere. Anywhere, okay. Know? So now you're talking about lots of new plants. What sort of plants? What have you got? Well, there's the uh, erinigium. I've, I've got um, echinops, or new yeah, ones. Yeah. Um, Go back. What's erinigium? Erinigium. Erinigium. Um, there's, it's a real spiky type flower, mm. beautiful cold blue flower. Mm, it's absolutely superb. And it's got wonderful foliage as well, which is really um, the sort of foliage that you feel you might want to touch, but you're not sure because it could be prickly. You know? So it's, it's, it's just interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got some, some wonderful heleniums. Lovely. Which... Um, which Different colours of those, uh, new verbascums that I haven't tried before. So, so I guess it's it's trawling through the catalogues of um, 
suppliers, wholesale suppliers, wholesale growers to see what, what new things they're producing and new things that they're growing or new things that they're hybridising. Fantastic. So it won't be until spring until we really get to start, well, or even summer. It'll be summer, yeah, actually, so yeah. So you really get to see what's going on. a lot going. of these are going to be late flowering plants. Okay. You know. And this summer, apparently, we keep being told, is going to be a hot one. So they're really going to show you whether they, you know, you, how whether they, they perform. Yeah, but this, I mean, this also gave me an opportunity to put an irrigation system in this year. So, you know, those sorts. And, and, and I've done lots and lots of soil preparation, as I always go on and bang on about. Yes, we So know. there's lots of compost in there. There's lots of hoo-flung dung over over the top, you know, so I don't think there's going to be a problem. You know, I think they've, they've been they're set up for success. Yes, because you look after your plants. You look after your well, like, We're trying to p- teach people that, you know, we have to do. Well, it's the proof's in the pudding. That's you right. Know, it's how they perform. Exactly. Now, I know your vegetable garden is a very, very important part of the garden. Mm-hmm. Have you made any radical changes to the gar- that particular part of the garden this year or do you have any plans to make any changes or are there any new vegetables, any new exciting things that you've put in there or are you planning? Yeah. Um, we, we bought a whole heap of new seeds, uh, mainly of brassicas that we haven't, we haven't trialled before. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one that's got me scratching my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a cauliflower called Little Jess. And having a look at it, it looks more like a Romanesco broccoli than it does a cauliflower. Wow. So I I think there's been some sort of cross-pollination done with the seeds – so we're going to have some broccoli cauliflower cross. That sort of thing, yeah. Wow. So it, it's it's not a it's not a um, a pure romanesco because the colour's more like a cauliflower, but it's not a cauliflower because the heads are totally the heads are more like a romanesco. Ooh. So little tiny spirals. So I, I think that there's been cross pollination of the seeds. Um, who you know by the people who are actually growing them, they've had mm. had cross pollination. So this has created something a bit different. But having said that, it looks magnificent and it tastes magnificent. How do you know already? We've we've already had quite oh, a few. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you planted yeah, them. So they were all planted. Yeah. Summer. We had brassicas in, you know, very very early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, probably just after the that cabbage moth, the butterfly, that white one vanished. Oh, okay. They got in then. You know, okay. So off they went. Um, Brussels sprouts. Um, they went in in February as seedlings. And we've had an enormous amount of um, crops from those, and they're just—they're still performing beautifully now. What are you eating then? How are you cooking them? Um, Leslie blanches them first, and they don't need much blanching because they're all small. Mm. They she halves them, and then she she cooks them in oil and garlic, and mm. it is just sensational. I wish she cooked a little bit, put some of the bit of bacon. That would be even mm. better. <laughs> She's trying to look after you, isn't she? No, it's not yeah. too much bacon. It, no, well, never mind. <laughs> uh, and then of course we've got a whole heap of, of uh, savoy cabbages, um, other varieties of, of cabbages. Lettuce growing at the moment, the yellow leaf lettuce, um, uh, and lots and lots of garlic, which is all performing beautifully as well. So it's, it's all up and all going. Um, but, it, yeah, mainly the brassicas at the moment. Very shortly we'll be sowing seeds for, for tomatoes. Your, your, one of your favourites, yes. Yep. Um, they'll be going in, you know, very, very shortly. New varieties? Seeds. Yeah, there's a, there'll be a few new varieties, but we, we tend to rate all our, our tomatoes at the end of the season. So we sort of say, yeah, that was good. Oh, that was pretty ordinary. That was watery. That had no flavour. Yeah. And we tend to grow the ones that we particularly like. Yeah. So we'll have about 150 of those um, being potted up uh, wow. very, very shortly. That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? It's it sounds like a lot. Absolutely. But delicious. Delicious, delicious. Mm. Um, apart from that cabbage moth that you love, any issues with any pests or disease going on that you've noticed this year? Yeah, there was. Um, we... 
we put the, 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 the Brussels sprouts in in February and we knew then that that cabbage butterfly was going to be flying around and so we covered it with a two micron mill netting, mm. all right, mm. totally covered and um, we went away for a holiday over to Tasmania and when we came back, I looked through the, the netting and saw the leaves were curling. Mm. So I pulled the netting off and opened up the curling leaves and it was absolutely infested with black aphids. Uh-huh. So that's a good indication. So, so that these little mongrels can get through a two mil micron netting and colonise the Brussels sprouts, you know, the, the leaves of the Brussels sprouts in there. How on earth did they get in there? Oh, well, you don't know how they get in there. No. They must be absolutely tiny. Of course, when they get in there and they get a good source of food, which is, you know, what grown in the best possible compost mm. mix we've got there, um, they just multiply by the zillions. Yeah, yeah. So um, I got out and, and used a, um, um, a more commercial form of eco-neem. It's mm. called Azamax. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was put onto me by the, the, um, an organic grower up in, in, um, up in Lockway. Oh, yeah. yep. And uh, he said, look, try the Azimax because it'll give you a quick, effective knockdown. So I sprayed the whole lot and that, that sorted that out pretty quickly. So you didn't lose anything? Never lost a thing. Fantastic. But as I said, you know, you would have, you would think, oh, I put a net up, I'm pretty You're fine. safe. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but it doesn't work that way. safe in any way. No. How are the, those 70 plus fruit trees going? They're all good? Yeah, well, they're all bare, naturally. Yes. Yeah. Um, and what I've done this year with the, the, with the fruit trees is because we had a lot of um, curly leaf happening with the peaches and the nectarines, I've actually used a mix of limel, builder's limel. Limel. Limel, yeah. Right. Uh, calcium hydroxide with water, 50-50, and I've painted the trunks of the trees right up to the branches. Oh, God, you're amazing. And what that'll do is is that will seal in any pest and disease that could be uh, in the bark mm-hmm. below the you know below the, the surface. It'll seal those little mongrels in, um, and it'll it'll stop anything that's in the soil, like um, the you know the cherry slug or the codling moth, from coming and crawling up the trunk because. The calcium hydroxide, the limel, will burn them. Oh wow! So that's hopefully uh, it's it's just something I've tried this year. So they look it looks a pretty funny backyard at the moment because we've got all these bare trees with no leaves on it, with all these white trunks. <laughs> you've been you've painting seventy trees. The yeah. complete tree must have been a large, you know, long, busy job. For oh well, you. yeah. It was just one Saturday. I just okay. sat down with a bucket of mix and painted the whole thing up. Oh. So it came out really well. Therapeutic, perhaps. It, well, well, it was. It was very therapeutic. <laughs> Good, good, good. Okay, you've been very busy designing for other people's gardens this year, I know that. Can you give us a quick overview of what sort of designs you've done, on what scale, and have you experimented with anything new in this year's designs? Um, I haven't experimented with anything new. I mean, the palette's fairly broad, um, but we, it was great to see the, com- the completion of some of these jobs. The, the one at Flinders, for instance, um, which was two houses on the one big block. Mm. Um, we used a lot of um, ornamental-type plants in that. And when I say ornamental, I'm not talking about pretty ornamental. I'm talking about whiz-bang, in-your-face ornamental-type plants. Like. So things like tree aloes um, we used in those, which are incredible. Well, if anyone's interested, Google the tree aloe. It's, it's aloe barbarie. A tree aloe, T-R-E-E. No, yeah, it's, it's tree, T-R-E-E, so the word tree. Yeah, and then, And it's aloe, A-L-O-E. 
Okay, Allo. Allo, okay, yeah. Allo. So, well, like in, you know, Allo. Tree here. Allo. I'm it's thinking Tree Allo. Right, okay. No, okay. Tree Allo. Yes, fantastic. <clears throat> and then lots of succulents underneath that with, with big broad sweeps of, of different coloured and different styles of grasses. Fabulous. So that, that's come out really, really well. And, of course, um, our friend Matt Phillips did that job and it, it took him a long time because of the wet weather, but all the soil was prepared perfectly and the growth has been absolutely incredible oh, you know, on that particular job. That is wonderful. Yes. <clears throat> and then the other one that's um, currently being done at the moment is one at Red Hill, mm-hmm. which is um, currently being planted out. They're, they're doing out the, the plant out at the moment with all the perennial plants. So that's been an absolute ripper to go down and actually just see how that's all turned out. Um, the clients are absolutely you know, over the moon with this. Matt's working on that one as well. And Matt's working on that one now. Um, and the beauty about this particular job is that the the um, the, the, the owner, Jules, is very passionate about flowers and plants and all this sort of thing. So she wanted this particular part of the garden started before the front of the garden, which I think was just fantastic because most people would say, oh, oh, I want to make the front look good so people will be impressed. You know, they can see how good it looks. Whereas, you know, she's gone the other one. So I want my garden, which is this back section, to be done first. So for her own enjoyment. For her own enjoyment, the, the yeah, rather than, than, than someone else's enjoyment. Okay. So that's been absolutely fantastic. We're still sourcing a few little plants. Um, and, um, and I've just found a new plant broker, which has been fantastic. fantastic. So uh, he's got the task of uh, finding a few of the little shortfalls that um, Matt sent through the list. Uh, of the the plants okay. through to me. On oh, great! You've yeah. got quite a few brokers now, which is fantastic. No, I got one broker oh, because um, we move around plant- then because you keep introducing. Well, you have been introducing me to to a couple, but you move you move on. You do, yeah, yeah. When you um, find better, we do. Okay, some different growers and so forth. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so and you're having a little break at the moment from the landscape or the designing, aren't you? Yeah, I am at the moment. I've, you know, it's uh, it's a the bit new of a year, a new financial year, new financial year. Yeah, and um, and I don't want to take big grabs at anything at the moment. So just starting off the way that I want to, you know, and, and picking the jobs that I want to, I want to do. Fantastic. When talking about sort of having a bit of a break, we with our move happening, I haven't had a chance to visit any gardens this year, but I know that you and Leslie. On your week in Tasmania, your break in Tasmania, visited some beautiful gardens. We yeah. saw some absolute rippers down there and, and we saw some incredibly um, different ways of, of doing things, you know, yeah. because it's a different climate down there. Yeah. Um, but it was just lovely to see. There was one garden that we saw um, probably about um, 40 minutes south of, of Ulverston or Devonport yeah. And it was, a, it was a garden that, that was started by a, by a mum and dad and has now continued on by the two daughters. And this is a huge garden. It would be at least probably 15 acres. Mm. And it's called Kaydale. So if anyone's going down to Tasmania, you, it, it, this garden is worth a visit. It is, it is sensational. Kaydale, K-Dale. being K-A-Y? D-A-L-E? Yeah, K-A-Y, D-A-L-E. Yeah. Um, and they have the best blueberry muffins you will oh. have ever tasted in your life because they're picked from the plants. Mm. There must be probably 400-metre-long row of, of blueberries oh. and they're just unbelievable. Yeah. And, Heavenly. of course, they do their own scones there as well. So it's you can have, you know... <laughs> Tea and scones or blueberry muffins with the highlight of this garden were the scones and the muffins. It sounds well, it was like. because it was raining. <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> you inside? You never get to see the garden. And then, of course, the other one that was was really interesting was one called um, Witchwood, which is down near Deloraine. So it's further, further, further south again. 
And one of the interesting features of this was they had a little raised section um, where there was a little, um, like a little shed effect with an open open wall mm. so you could see through. And down below the, the, where this opening was, was a grassed area. And rather than just being a straight mown grass, what they had done is they had cut it into a Fibonacci design. So that's a, a spiral that comes in on itself. Wow. So there was a, a, a close mown path mm. that wounds itself all the way into the centre mm. and, and all the rest of the grass was left high. And it, it just made this wonderful focal point. It's almost like a sculpture it, it or was, some sort of... It was yeah, incredibly yeah. sculptural. Wow. Um, and then it had other little pathways and things coming off it. Oh, okay. And, of course, we were there in, in, um, in early, well, middle of, middle of autumn, so you, there was still a good show of some of the, you know, the, the, the leaves on the plants just turning and so forth. Beautiful. But it was just absolutely brilliant, you know, and it was, a, it, was just, it was a real great way of recharging the batteries and, and looking at things in a different light and picking up some new ideas. Fantastic. And Tasmania has some beautiful gardens. Oh, it's just superb. Due to the weather, it's, yeah. it's sort of, the gardens can be more beautiful, can't they? Because they're more rained upon. Exactly. Okay. Now, I know that you enjoy having a good peek into other gardens in our neighbourhood on your daily walk, on your mm. morning walk. And we're seeing a few photos. We've seen a few photos lately. And if you find something of interest, you will often film a reel about it on Instagram. And uh, if anyone wants to know, Keith's Instagram page is ke underscore landscape underscore consultant for anyone who's not following him yet at the moment. Tell us what sort of things you've found recently that you think have been worth reporting on. Um, well, a lot of these, a lot of the things have been. Um, we, I mean, we look, we look for. Um, flowers or something to put into a vase and we, we tend to borrow those from the neighbourhood because there's not much happening in our garden, the perennials at the moment. So you've constantly got your secateurs in your pocket. Exactly. So you know, we, we're always walking and looking along. So, I mean, this time of the year, the, the wattles are all out and, and yeah. they're, they're just wonderful balls of gold they and they make you happy looking at them. Mm, but other interesting things, um, uh, we came across just recently, uh, blood lilies that were growing yes. in the garden and, of course, this time of the year the blood lilies are just leaves they but are. the leaves are enormous like elephant ears like elephant ears mm. but and all like green tongues, tongues. long tongues yeah incredible <laughs> and of course what they're doing is is they're taking all the the goodness from photosynthesis and creating the sugars sucrose and fructose and placing that into the bulb mm. and that's going to be the flowers for the following season so what will happen, those leaves, when the weather warms up a little bit more, those leaves will die back totally and then this beautiful paintbrush-like lily will come out of the centre of the ground, the leaves will be gone, and you'll have this incredible f flower which just looks absolutely amazing. It is an incredible plant. I have oh. one in a pot and it's, it's just amazing because you think, well, the, what is this dead? Yeah. It's dead and then all of a sudden after the leaves are gone. So you have these wonderful leaves, but yeah, as you say, and then all of a sudden it just drops to nothing. It just dies back. Yeah. You go, oh, something gets died. But then all of a sudden you've got to be right, these beautiful, amazing flowers, bright red flowers come yeah. up. And, and, you know, they've hybridised those now so they've got white forms of that oh, of too, course. which is just beautiful. So, and I mean, bulbs are, are just the most forgiving plants mm. um you know, they're drought tolerant you know they mm. they're just absolutely fantastic plants for any garden they you know? are we should definitely have them in our, all yeah. our gardens yeah but apart from that you've been also been a bit upset about some pruning that's oh, been done look you know I, I i i just found our local mayor's instagram site uh -oh. and uh, uh -oh. and sent through <laughs> a copy of uh 
the post that I did on on, on pruning. Um, I, you know, I just it just makes me so mad just to see what what happens with these councils. And I think we're going to cover this a little bit more in, in, in another podcast a bit later on. But just to see um, how people are given hold of a of an implement like a chainsaw, and they have no understanding about the plant that they're about to cut back. Um, and an example of that was um, the next two two places up from where you used to live. Oh, yeah. There was a beautiful grevillea in the nature strip that had a beautiful dome shape to it. Mm. Well, that's now just a stick. So I wonder why, because I, I did see that the pay at your, your post and I was wondering why they would have done that because it's not as though they're cutting the tree out of the wires, no. electrical wires. No, what they were clearing up was they were trying to make passages uh, walkable passages Walk, on, right. on the nature strips. Well, no one walks on the nature strips because we don't have footpaths That's around right. here. That's so right. it's much better to have a, a, a you know a verge that that mm. contributes to the environment rather the than one that, yeah, and, yeah. and the wildlife. Yeah. So what what this this person doesn't realise is that by cutting back the foliage all the all off um, things like grevilleas or proteas or things other plants like that. They will not come back. Mm. So they, they'll, they'll, be ha- they'll have to come back at some stage to remove a dead plant. Oh, it's terrible. And there's absolutely no rhyme nor reason for them to touch these plants mm. because, as I said, there's no access for footpaths. Mm. This is just part you know, of, of a continuation of someone's garden. Mm. And the worst part about the one that I posted you know, just recently was the fact that right opposite, on the other side of the, of the, the, the driveway, in exactly the same position, was it was a, the the companion grevillea oh. that wasn't touched? Oh, you know. So we've got one that's dead, denuded yeah. on one side that's never going to come back, and the other one is oh. left there. You know. So those things really annoy me. Because the councils usually have an arborist, or they should have an arborist. Well, who, this, who if someone oversee. is in charge of a chainsaw, they should know what they're doing to a plant. And a lot of the cuts that they've made on the plants have been absolutely terrible. That is dreadful. Mm. I hope the mayor actually takes note of that. You'll have to, otherwise, you'll have to go to their meeting, the next council meeting, and stand up and speak your mind. Berate I think them. you need to. <laughs> well, you have packed quite a lot into the first six months of the year, from what mm. you've just told us. Have I missed any other highlights that should be mentioned? Um, no, I don't. I don't think there's there's too many. I mean, I, look. I've, I've just bought, went out and bought a, uh, another. I bought a mulberry to go in the backyard. We don't have a mulberry. <laughs> Surprise! And of course, and of course, a lot of people think a mulberry tree is a great big enormous plant and is probably not suitable suitable for their garden. But there's a variety that I've that I've uh, found and sourced, and it's called chartoute. Mm-hmm. So it's a mulberry chartoute, and it's a black mulberry. It's a long pendulous um, mulberry. And it only gets one metre wide, and if you didn't prune it or didn't touch it, it would get to a maximum of three metres high. Mm. So it's going to fit in, a, in the garden yeah. somewhere, so yeah. it'll be 71 plants, yeah. edible yeah, yeah, plants yeah, in the backyard. So that's, that's been something that's been, been really, really good. To, yeah, it's been special to find that. Fantastic. Um, but apart from that, um, no. You've packed enough in, I think. I've done enough. You've packed enough in. <laughs> that has been a lovely chat. Thank you so much. I think we should have one of these every six months to catch up on our current gardening pursuits. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. Okay, we'll do it. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.